It's a lot of fun. Keep it fun. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host at NFL on Twitter. And of course, follow the group at UK Packers. And pre-production Pete was amazing. I think I've got out all of my uh, polemic rants um, in pre-production. And the thing is, it's not even in what people would expect it to be in. I'm not ranting about the team-ish. Uh, it's more about all of the stuff that goes around about it. But I'm just warning people. This is like... There's going to be no swearing in this podcast. This is this is PG. It's family friendly. However, um, I might go off on one. Uh, Peter, Mister at IT Hedgehog on Twitter. Give him a follow. It's always it's always it's free as well. I'm gonna say it was always worth it, but it's free, Peter. I mean, we're giving this stuff to people for free for God's sake. Same as the podcast. How are you, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. I'm um, I guess like most Packers fans today, still not quite quite sure of um, how we feel about yesterday's game other than, other than to say we're obviously disappointed but you know we move onwards and upwards yeah you see that's too positive for me today and uh, this is <laughs> this is not gonna no do you know what and, and this is a good indicator this might be one of the best episodes ever this could also be the episode where we lose all of our listeners and they go away but uh, the thing is is this was a poo-poo game and when i look at the game live it was terrible when i when i went to look at it again it was equally as awful. Now, there's loads of talking points and there's loads of... I'll give you some silver lining. I'm always positive with nature, um, which is strange for an Irishman. It's so, there's, there's so much to digest in this game and I guess we can go high level and then start to trickle down and get more granular. But before we do, I want to tell people the Glasgow meetup, which was going to be abandoned because Scotsman, believe it or not, even after uh, you know the whole Braveheart years, don't like to... Uh, take a risk or get the proper license to be able to stream the game and we just want to find a place who has licensing to stream the game and we couldn't find it however it's on tv so the next week's game against the panthers uh, we are going to be watching it in the walkabout bar in glasgow it's official now will i be there no because i was trying to organize it and trying to book flights to get over but no one was going to be able to stream it so this is what i'm going to call an informal game. The game will definitely be on. I was talking to David down in the walkabout bar in Glasgow. This has already gone on too long. So it's 128 Renfield Street, Glasgow. Everybody go down there. If you're a Packers fan, you're in Glasgow. There's a couple of the diehards are going to be going down there. Everybody assemble like the Power Rangers and uh, Captain Planet. And off you go down to the walkabout bar in Glasgow. It should be a cracking night. He's agreed to put the game on the main big screen with sound and Red Zone on the other TVs. And it's a great place, got great reviews. I'll park it there. So, Peter, I think we're free to, to rant now. So, using minimal uh, bad language that I'm going to beep out, tell us your actual honest thoughts about this goddamn game. So, like I said, I, disappointed, but I, I'm not 100% surprised at the loss. Um, because, because as we said on quick snaps, the the, the charges are, are are indeed I'm doing it. <laughs> the, the char, but 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 anyway, but but the the char, the char, the charges are a, are a better team than their record suggests. This is a yeah. playoff team from last year. This is a team that expected to go back to the playoffs this year and still may well. Mm -hmm. um, so I think I, I think any comments around or there are. You know, we lost to a poor team and, and, and all of that. That's not that's not the case. You know, the char the Chargers have got probably a, a Hall of Fame quarterback. So it's 
I'm not surprised at the loss, but just bitterly disappointed in the way it came about. Um, it's very difficult to pick too many positives from from the game, and it's very difficult, you know, like yourself, Steve. I've I've been back through the game today. Um, and I'm not sure it didn't look worse on second viewing than yeah. than seeing it than seeing it live. So it's very difficult to pick out a lot of positives. One thing I would say, and it's what I always try and get across, is for every team, you're never really quite as good as your best performance, and you're never really as bad as your worst performance. You're somewhere in, bet- in between the two. Yeah. And what you hope is that those really good performances far outweigh the bad performances. But, you know, we need to stay steady at somewhere in the middle of those two things. Yeah, and this is the thing. Like, I'm not going to go off on a rant here about how the Packers are now terrible. They're totally not terrible at all um a couple of things are alarming for me that i'll raise but the thing is is when it comes to the fan base there's so much lark that goes on on twitter and all the rest right so on one side of things you have the guy who says the packers are crap now they've no weapons this proves it um we're screwed the defense is is crap and then on the other side you have the guys who say only real fans appreciate the packers green and gold till i die this team is smelling of rosebuds um and all this type of stuff the truth usually lies somewhere down the middle uh, when you're doing some sort of an analysis. This was a really bad game for multiple reasons. like, And, and as well as that, right? Any crusaders out there who are going on, because I'm sick of reading this on social media at this stage, right? Now, as I said, I have a penchant for log cabins, uh, canines, my family, and no social media whatsoever. If I could obliterate it from uh, the planet, I would. Yes, an awful lot of good things have happened uh, from it. But some of the stuff that I hate seeing is this stuff of people who, like, they see one tweet from a person and they go off on some cause, you know, like one of them was Jamal Williams. Oh, let him do what he wants to do and stop calling them names. That's a, that's a fair point. Fine. But then all this other stuff of like, oh, anyone saying this about Devontae Adams is a not a real fan. and all this. Look, you don't have to go on a cause on Twitter. No one's ever solved anything on Twitter. The only thing that actually happened of any consequence on Twitter is Donald Trump nearly causing nuclear wars. That didn't happen either. But I mean, you know, nothing of consequence is going to come. You're not going to solve the planet. Like Barack Obama came out and said, all of this woke culture and all this type of stuff. Stop taking one tweet from someone you saw on your timeline, telling people you're sick about it, and then coming out and going to champion the cause. The thing is, if you're sick of seeing these tweets, as you say you are, unfollow the person. If you're sick of seeing, and if you're saying, I don't follow him, I was retweeted onto my timeline. See the person that retweeted onto your timeline? Unfollow and block him as well, or her as well. Simples, right? The thing that I find alarming about this is, and this is what comes up, there was some comment to say that, uh, you know, effort wasn't an issue, this team are all in, and stuff like that. Now, to a large degree, Peter, I'd agree-ish with that, right? When you look at the Smiths, uh, the Smith brothers, uh, they're all in. Devontae Adams is obviously still nursing turf. Toby came out and said it's sore, but it's still good to be out there and all this type of stuff, right? People are putting their stuff on the line. However, Aaron Rodgers came out and said that they weren't prepared. He was smirking while he said they were eating humble pie. He was smiling through it and he said, you know, this is a team that's better than the record. Right, no S Sherlock, right? This team in the Chargers, and I will stop talking in, in one minute. This team in the Chargers, they're... The top in the NFL for one-score games, either winning or losing, they're always in it each and every time. They've Joey Bosa, they've Ingram, they get busy, they've Keenan Allen, they've Hunter Henry, uh, they've Williams, wide receiver. All of these guys are really, really good players. The thing is, we got beaten by a good team. It should be no surprise. What I am surprised is, 
is the fact that the Packers and Balaga said the same, Preston and Zadarius Smith said it was a wake-up call, Matt LaFleur is saying the same sentiment, anybody that they talked to in the locker room said the same thing. They didn't show up right, they didn't have the right mindset, they didn't have the right preparation and they lost. Right, so that uh, this thing online of look, oh, you can't question the pay- player's effort. They're doing it themselves. It's coming from them themselves, right? So all of the stuff of the, you know, the Packers will come back stronger and, and stuff like that. Yes, they probably will. And you need to you need to be kicked around a bit like this uh, to sort of maybe to give you that wake up call or whatever. But what surprises me, Peter, is and this is the last I'll say on this side of things. It's easy for us as fans to look at the Chargers, look at their record, see that they've lost a ton of games, not look any further, even though me and you pointed out on the last podcast, they lost every game that they did lose by seven points or fewer. Two of those games, they lost by three points and that's it. A couple of those, they couldn't gain a yard against, you know, Tennessee and all that type of good stuff. The thing is, that's us from a very high level looking at it like fans with our little foam fingers and our nachos, right? When you're dealing with a team like the Packers who've watched game tape all week, who've prepared for this, yet they showed up and didn't take this seriously and ended up getting pasted. That's what I don't understand how that happened. Well, I, I yeah, I mean, I, th- I think... I think that NFL games are strange things, Steve. And so often games are set by the tone of the first few series. Um, you know, and... You know, a couple of a couple of things happened. You know, clearly, you know, the, the Chargers took the ball and drove down the field, and whilst whilst they were stopped and held for a field goal on that on that first series, you know, that they they had the ball for eight minutes or or whatever it was. The pack the Packers immediately got penalty happy on their first possession, kicked it back, and the Chargers held the ball for about another seven or eight minutes on their next drive, which again ended in a, in a, in a field goal. Mm. And before you know it, you know, the offense has run three plays and the first quarter's gone. And it just becomes very difficult to get into, into rhythms. You've straight away got this situation through, through the initial first three drives where the offense has got no, got no rhythm. Yes. It's done a lot of that to itself, but it's got, it's got no rhythm and the defense doesn't feel like it can stop anybody. Yeah. And, the game is very quickly. You're you're only one quarter through the game, but it's very quickly the tone of the game has been has been set, and then that the Packers' second possession then becomes really important if you want to break that tone, which they didn't. And so many NFL games go that way. Mm. And there's a couple of ways that we could have turned it around. And I mean, the thing is, is as I say about the attitude and all that type of stuff. That's kind of more aimed at someone who says attitude isn't the problem. It was definitely a problem that came from the players. But like you said, it all comes down to, and this is where I don't know how much of a believer I am in momentum as such. Because you know where like there'll be one play in the game and all of a sudden it gets a bit hairy and leery and the, the game kind of gets away. Like that's happened a few times now with the Packers where we get off to a blistering start. There's been kind of a fumble on special teams or there's been, a, you know, whatever happens on a return and they, you know, or there's the that Aaron Jones fumble and then all of a sudden, they, you know, the other team, it starts to eke back in and all that kind of stuff. I don't know how much I put into stock with that momentum, but you're certainly right in this game. The momentum, as in it never got started. You know, like when when we look at the sort of the first half on the defensive side, um, it was pretty woeful. And then the first half on the offensive side, again, it was pretty woeful. If we focus on the on the offense, because it's it's very easily done, we'd four possessions each on defense. So four possessions or stands, let's call them uh, in the first half on defense. And we'd four offensive possessions um, in the first half as well. 
it can it can be I can run through the offensive possessions and to point out what the exactly what the problem was in literally 30 seconds. The first one, we had a false start with Balaga. We have a long second down. Devontae halves it. The Rogers gets sacked on third down. We're done. The same kind of happens then on the next play. Third and one, Jenkins penalty. Devontae gets the first down. Uh, we're on second and five, and then David Bakhtiari commits a penalty. We've got another long third down, and guess what? Rogers gets sacked, and we punt the ball away. You know, we're a little bit better on the third possession. Williams with a five-yard run. Uh, but then Lazard commits the penalty. Then it's a delay of game. Then we're on third and 14. Gimo gets 13, which is a big gain. Isn't enough. Of course, we get that penalty on the Chargers side of things. We Two good plays from Aaron Jones for first downs. And then what I found in this game was as Aaron Rodgers was getting pressured obviously by Ingram and Bosa on the first two possessions Peter he's after getting sacked on third down he's a bit freaked out he puts two pressured panicked passes together and then we punt the ball away and before we know it just before the half we're sort of scrambling Jones is stuck for three yards again we're on long uh, downage and it's just this sort of deep shot for Kumar to nothing we punt the ball away and we're going in at the half down points I mean it's not inspiring stuff we have to wait to kind of garbage time it's the seventh, we've eight possessions, it's the seventh one that the Packers do that actually we got the, the ball rolling. But at that stage, it was too late. And what I'd find as well as Pete, and I'll, I'll sort of end this sort of uh, diatribe here, is that when it comes to defense, there was a couple of um, occasions where we might have been able to turn it around. Like, for instance, on our first couple of defensive uh, possessions, we're giving away massive plays. Jair Alexander had a terrible game, I found, on the night. However... He missed an interception. If he was just a little bit taller, you know, as tall as me, perhaps, he would have came down with that. And also, Kevin King, I thought that ball bounced off the turf and into his hands, but it went straight into his gloves. It bobbled a bit and went against the ground. I feel that if any one of those plays went our way, not only would we stop them getting the field goal, maybe that momentum would have come back in and we would have put some stuff together. But the only one, the only way that we actually got uh, points usually is by good field position. Like, one of them was on special teams, you know, I don't know about you, Pete. I don't feel like we're a threat at all uh, in running back kicks or punts. But the one time that we got to the 40-yard line, you know, we we fell over the line for a couple of first downs with the help of Devontae Adams. Um, and we end, Mason Crosby comes on and kicks the 54-yard field goal. So apart from that and that one good possession where, you know, Aaron Rodgers hits Jamal Williams in the end zone for the touchdown, uh, which was the only good drive of the entire game, we, as you said, we couldn't get into rhythm. We couldn't get into that scripted game plan and we were always going to be in the back foot. Plus the penalties put us on long yardage. The game was pretty much over. And all of this sort of stuff about, you know, fourth quarter comeback. I don't know about you, but it didn't feel to me like it was ever a possibility. So I think the, th- I think the thing is that you're right. I mean, when you've not been able to move the ball for, for, for three quarters of the game, it's, it's very likely, it's particularly in a, in a low scoring game, it's very unlikely that you're, you're suddenly going to put together multiple possessions and in the Packers case it would have needed at least three possessions to um you know end end in touchdowns it's very unlikely that you get that you're gonna that you're gonna be able to do that so you know it'd be different if it was a 48 31 game where you where you'd shown that you've been able to move the ball during the game but it was it was really unlikely that the Packers were going to be able to do that yesterday given the the nature of the of the offense yeah and I mean when we talk about the pressure that uh, Bosa and Ingram brings I mean is that just an impossible situation for the Packers with the receivers not getting open and another thing that I want to uh, pick your brain about Peter is this trope that 
you know, and there's there's people out there that's saying, look, I don't want to stoke the fire, but when we didn't have Devontae Adams, this was our stats. When we did have Devontae Adams, this is our stats. What is going on here? I mean, is it a valid point to raise about how Devontae fits into this offense? Uh, is it true that Aaron Rodgers' first read is Devontae and he lets the rest of the offense suffer by just, you know, not spreading the ball around? Or did the Chargers just play that defensive game plan with that pressure up front by sitting deep and keeping it all in front of them, like Matt LaFleur was saying in, in the in the presser, Aaron Rodgers was, was saying in the presser. And that really, it's not that he was going to Devontae from habit. He was going to him because he literally was the only receiver that was getting open in that coverage. Yeah, so I think... I think when you're when you're struggling to move to move the ball and 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 you know like the Chargers were yesterday getting a lot of pass rush pressure as you say from from um, Bozer and Ingram and you're struggling to block those guys you have to use that to your to your advantage and start and start calling lots of lots of draw plays lots of lots of screens you know screens particularly on first and second down. Um, so you know you you draw you're drawing that pass rush towards you and and you know preferably hopefully screening to the side of the pass rush, um, but the Packers didn't do that yesterday and I found that quite disappointing in terms of in terms of the play calling. Yeah. And I'm sure that there's reasons that we don't understand why those types of plays weren't weren't called. But from the outside looking in, those would be the obvious things that you would expect any team to do to try and slow down to try and slow down that pass rush. Hmm. There was a couple of plays where that were just uh, busted coverage and there was other plays as well where, you know, like when I was analysing the game and I, because the way I do it and to give people a bit of insight is, is that when I when I go to sort of drop the game, I could easily go to the play-by-play that's just written there for me online. Uh, but I like to go through the game and, and write it down myself and give kind of a feeling for it. And in red, I have terrible play and in green, I have positive play. I was literally filling out what the Packers were going to do without remembering what they did from watching the game last night. You know, there's a first and 10, there's a toss to Jones or they were going to try run. Then, you know, second defensive possession, first and 10, Jones with a three-yard run. Third offensive possession, Williams, five-yard run. You know, and if you go all the way down, like fourth offensive possession, Jones stuffed for three yards. We were thr- We were trying the same things on every possession whereas we broke that when we came when we came out after the into the second half first and 10 it's an eight yard pass to Devontae Adams and then it's a second and two it's a it's a short first down pass to Jimmy Graham and the thing was is when we went to Devontae instead it tended to work first and even the sixth time we came out you know it's an Aaron Jones four yard run nothing to write home about there but then Devontae Adams picks us up the first down the thing that I don't understand is and again I'd have to, the all 22 isn't available when we do this podcast and I'd like to see you Peter just to see are the receivers getting open or the coaches film or whatever are, are the receivers getting open or are we going to Devontae Adams like you know is it chicken and egg stuff and that's simply what I don't know the thing is is at the end of the day, if your wide receiver is open, you go to him. Everybody has a favorite wide receiver. I know Wax Lyrical on this podcast, you know, saying that, you know, Megatron used to make the lines one dimensional, and that's true. But sometimes if something's working, it's just working, you know, and if your script is fine, you're keeping them honest with the run, that's okay. But we weren't doing that on the night. We couldn't get anywhere with Aaron Jones or Jamal Williams. Albeit, there are plays that they did well on. Jamal Williams, one that I remember, he gets sort of tackled twice, ends up making the first down. There are there are plays like that. I'm not saying that it didn't work all night, but we certainly weren't sort of, you know, working our way off the play action. 
and that was working but look at Tom Brady you know he's had Danny Amendola over the years uh, Julian Edelman as of late um, you know you look at Russell Wilson he always has his favorite target Drew Brees always tends to go to a tight end or he's got Michael Thomas I mean everyone has their kind of that's why it's wide receiver number one but and as well as that Pete I don't agree that we can't analyze if that's what Aaron Rodgers is doing when Devontae Adams is on the field we should be allowed to talk about it but I actually don't think it's the case in this game because when I was writing it down it certainly stood out to me that Devontae was actually saving us instead of hindering us uh, more often than not apart from when Rodgers was rushed and sort of banged the ball into triple coverage to him that wasn't a smart idea but he was lofting the ball for MVS he was lofting the ball for Kumar on taking deep shots they weren't working either so I don't think it's fair to pick out Devontae Adams for me in this game anyway I don't think there's any proof that we're one-dimensional because he just kept going to him as the first read. No, I I, 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 I totally agree. And you, and, you, and you have to imagine that the, the plays that they were calling, Devontae Adams, the ex-receiver, you know, is the first read on those calls. So it's not mm. a personal choice of Rodgers. That's just the way the plays, the, play, the, the plays are designed. And, you know, it's, it's all about putting your best players in position to make the play. Mm. And, and, you, you know, I, I hate to harp back to this, but I, I often do that. My Sterling Sharp moment during the <laughs> podcast in the you know in the early ninety or ninety two, ninety three, ninety four when 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 Favre and, and, and Sharp were together, you know Sharp was very clearly um, Favre's you know go to receiver. Um, but you know what? There wasn't off there wasn't an offensive drop off after Sharp's career ended, and. It, it's very difficult to know whether something would have happened if something else would have happened. Yeah. You just, you just, you just, nobody can know with any, with any, with any certainty. You know, we don't, we don't know with any certainty that had Devontae Adams not been playing yesterday, that the offense might have been just as bad or worse. Yeah. No, nobody could turn around and say, well, this definitely would have happened or that. We, 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 we just don't know. And so I think it's, I think it's time for a, for a step back and just just understand that you've got a pro bowl receiver that of course you're going to throw the ball to and you know if if he's not open then it's the responsibility of the other guys to get open yeah you know and that may be where the you know where the biggest where the biggest issue is is with the other with the other receivers perhaps the tight end as well not getting open yeah, and I mean, there was there was plays there to Lazard. Uh, he did well. Um, so it's not as if Aaron Rodgers wasn't spreading the ball around. And like you say, it's Schrodinger's cat. You don't know if something would have came true if you don't look and see or know. And I mean, yes, we're all in, you know, if you if you believe in, what's, what do they call it? String theory? Theory, I should say. Theory, if you're an Irish scientist. Um, you know, what, what happens? But in all honesty, I mean, no one was harping back and saying that Aaron Jones was, you know, when he was firing on all cylinders the last couple of games, we were using him in the pass game or using him to rush. He was getting 200 million, um, 225 or 226 all-purpose yards. No one was moaning about that we were going to him too much because if it works, it works. And that's fine. And that's just what, what happens in, in that regard. And I think that's, 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 that's exactly the thing. And if, if, you know, they'll they'll go back and analyze the film in a lot greater detail than 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 any of us will, any fan does. Yeah, if they look at it and they may see that, yeah, perhaps perhaps we called, you know, Devontae's number one or twice, one or two times too many. Mm. You live and learn. 
if that's the case. And I'm not saying that is the case, but, you know, you, you live and learn. And that's how teams move forward and progress and hopefully get better as the, as the season goes on. Yeah, I'm just waiting for Ben Fennell to tell me in his article. Um, I'm looking to, to dial in there and see what was going on. But look, the, and the bottom line is, and this is what I mean, like starting off the podcast, it might seem like I've gone on some sort of polemic rant um, about the Packers and how bad they are and it's all terrible. I'm absolutely not. It's it's the noise around this game. And it's the fact that what, you know, what's what's disappointing, as you say, is the talk of that the Packers weren't up for the game and that they had to be humbled by this game. You know, you don't have to be humbled by anything, but you do learn from getting your nose bloodied. But at the end of the day, you know, they've fantastic running backs. If anyone plays fantasy football, Eckler is one of the top running backs. Now, that that's hard to believe. Uh, you know, Gordon held out and then he came back, hadn't had a good game. He's just hit his stride. Uh, we are leaky against the run. There's no doubt. I'm fearful against the Panthers. Um, we've struggled against tight end all season. We said that in quick snaps and we struggle against Hunter Henry. And it's usually when they put him up against Jair Alexander uh, that we got smoked because Jair Alexander, a smaller guy, had a bit of a nightmare um, of a game. And again, the you know, the frustrating part about it was there's so much to the game. I mean, you know, we were we had no threats on, on kicker punt returns apart from that one. Um, they talk about Aaron Jones not getting enough carries, but when he did, it was predictable. It was kind of always on first down and where we're getting short yardage, then penalties would negate that. We'd come back to long yardage and we couldn't get anything going. Um, you know, and then a credit, like what Matt LaFleur was saying, like credit to the Chargers too. Here was Anthony Lynn. Hadn't called plays uh, since Buffalo, I believe, in 2006 or 2016. So like that was, what, three years ago? Um, that he was calling plays you know he has his quarterbacks coach step up and start to call plays and at the end of the day Philip Rivers was up changing plays um, as well they had a ballsy touchdown run when Tony Brown who we haven't even touched on yet uh, who managed to be offside and an illegal formation <laughs> uh, so go figure uh, Peter he's he's hit the jackpot and again he was offside on the field goal they come on and then they run it in easily but it just seemed to me the frustrating part on defense is and the thing is you can have a bad attitude and that's what they put this game down to. Poor preparation, not getting into rhythm on offense. But when it comes down to this defense, I don't know if it's about bad attitude because like the comms said in this game, we've given up more 40 plus uh, yard plays than any other team in the NFL. We committed a couple of those on the night um, at the same time. But when it came to second and one, third and one, really second and third short, and I don't want to bore people, but I can literally run down through every uh, defensive occasion where it happened. You know, second and one, Kenny, this is the first defensive stand. Kenny Clark, uh, there's a broken tackle. Gordon runs for first down. It's a second and 10, which is not even short. And Keenan Allen gets a massive play against J.R. Alexander. Um, you know, second defensive stands, it's first and 20, for God's sake. And they get a 57-yard run down the sideline, so that doesn't really qualify. You know, third and one, it's just, I could run down through it, I'm not going to, but like it's just second and short, third and short, and it's just easy. And the thing was, is again, when grading the game, Pete, I could go down, and when I knew it got to third and three, I'm like, well, they run it here, it's obvious, and they go on and they get the completion. There was one play as well, not related to this, is that Tony Romo calls it out, and he says, oh, well, look for Keenan Allen up the middle, and it's Hunter Henry at the end of the day, but it's exactly how he called it. So, I mean, we were playing obvious coverage. This This defense, to me, over the last couple of weeks, and correct me if I'm wrong, have been lights out on occasions. 
have come up with some good offensive stops on occasions. We're, we're sacking the quarterback with the Smith brothers. They're very entertaining. They play lights out. They take accountability. They're good leaders in the locker room. But really, we need big explosive defensive plays like interceptions and yep. pick sixes, Pete, to get this thing running. If we don't, we lose. That tends to be the way it is if our offense is struggling. No, I think that's, I think that's, that's absolutely right. And, and um, you know, in the, first half of, in the first half of the season, you know, the, the defense played, played lights out and the offense wasn't great. Uh, but the Packers won because of defense in the, in the you know in the first half of the first half of the season, if you like. In the in the second four or five games, the the the, the offense has started to get to get it together. Um, you know, been very hot the last two or three weeks before yesterday. Um, but the defense has started to what looks like break break down. Yeah. And then yesterday we broke down on on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, the one thing the defense has been able to do through the first eight games is come up with that turnover, come up with that sack, come up with that big play when they needed to have it. So they've given given up a lot of yards, but they've stopped but they've stopped drives with a you know with a crucial turnover at the at the right time or a you know a turnover an interception in the end zone against the Vikings they had and you know there was one against Dallas in the end zone Adrian Amos and and they came up they came up with those big plays at the at, at the right time. If they don't come up with those plays this looks like a defense that really, to me, is beginning to break down. Yeah. Um, if you look at, yeah, you know, and they're giving up a huge chunks of yards as as you've as you've just described. I mean, they've given up more than four hundred yards in a game, four of the nine games already this season. Um, which, by the way, is as many as the defense gave up in the whole of the last season that Dom Capers was, was oh. the defensive coordinator. I reckon we so, should fire Dom Capers. I reckon that's <laughs> um, <laughs> So, you know, it's, it's, it's giving up huge chunks of yards. And when it, as I said, when it doesn't come up with that, with that big, big play, the turnover, whatever, it's, it's really a struggle. And if you look at even the points given up, you know, through, through, through three games of the season, the Packers were given up 11 points a game. By week six, they were giving up 19 points a game. Yeah. Now they're giving up 21 points a game on average through the through the season, and they've given up 24 or more, I think, in five of the last six games. It, it, I'm trying not to get too down on on the defense because there's a lot of skilled athletes there. Hmm. You know, you can look across the defense and find five or six really really good players, but it, it feels like they're beginning to break down. And as you've described, they give up huge chunks of yardage and you just feel like that if a team stuck with the run, they couldn't stop the run. Yeah. And it's a compounding issue too. I mean, in this game in particular, so we come out, we run it, we don't get anywhere. And then we're because of penalties, we're on long yardage. We have to throw it. It stops the clock. And then our defense are on for like most of the game. The time of possession, this game was silly. Um, But, but like you say, I mean, the defense is concerning. It's uh, getting progressively worse. You'd expect that to sort of go the opposite way, especially with some sort of offensive prowess. But what we found in the last couple of games is is that the Packers are capable of putting together long offensive drives that look fantastic, that eke out first downs, that get into the end zone. But also we can score on like a three play 59 second drive at the same time, which doesn't really do our defense any favors because then they're back on again. Like... The thing is, there's some great stuff. There's some awful stuff. On the first defensive stand, you know, there's first, second and third and goal. And we, you know, there's good coverage on the first one. There's a sack on the second one with a gravedigger celebration. I really appreciated that. And then on third and goal, there's good coverage with an incomplete pass. And I kind of wanted to get carried away. 
but there's definitely more red than there is green on my notes when I'm looking down how the defense played. And the thing is, well, that we have to remember is, is that the Chargers, for as good as they were, they couldn't get the run game going for the three games prior to this. I think they got 40 yards or less, which was like some sort of franchise, uh, you know, rubbish dump for them, especially with the talent that they have at running back. And then they were their 31st team in the NFL in the red zone, um, which again kind of proved it on the night. Now, again, not taking that away from our defense. They did enough to uh, force field goals. You know, we got pressure. We got sacks sometimes when we needed it, but too many big explosive plays. Now, the thing is, Peter, all of this stuff about saying how terrible it is, and it was god-awful, and the second time was just like, you know, it's like squeezing lemon juice on one eye and then going for the other eye. You know what I mean? Going and, and going through it again. What can the Packers do next week? Now, not to get into quick snaps, but I mean, can these issues be solved? I know a good explosive offense tends to cure the defense in a way, but what can we do here, Peter, to try put the listeners at ease that we're going to turn this thing around? Well, I think you've hit one of the nails on the head there with, with you know, the offense and defense, are kind of, they kind of counterbalance each other. So, so, you, so, so you, you're absolutely right. And if you look at the charges yesterday, long drives kept their defense off the field. And, and that's, you know, you hope that the Packers this coming week, you know, will, will fix whatever ails, ails them on offense because we know that that offense is explosive. You only got to go back a week to the Kansas City game. So we know that that offense is, is explosive. We hope that what what we saw yesterday was an offensive blip. You know, we have to trust that Lafleur, that Rodgers, that those guys can can get back to um, – you know, a an explosive offense, an offense that can score quickly, and an offense that can drive the ball down the field methodically. I think we have to trust those guys, and I think if they do that, as you said, suggest that will really help um, the defense. Conversely, I'm not sure that there's too much that they can do defensively in terms of scheme and in terms of personnel. I mean, your personnel kind of is what it is. Um, you know, and 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 you have to trust to a degree that Mike Pettin's going to come up with the best scheme that he can that he can come up with to fit um, fit the opponent. Mm. Um, I think the one thing that they have done this season by yesterday is come up with that turnover at the crucial time, and I think we have to trust that, given that they've done that in you know, six or seven of the nine games this year, that there's a fair chance that they'll continue to do that in most of the games going going forward. So I don't think it's all, I don't think it's all um, doom, and, doom and gloom at all. But I think we do have to realise, particularly on the defensive side of the ball, that it is what it is. Yeah. And no, no, no amount of us complaining about this player or that player or, or whatever it might be is going to change, is going to change, change that. The, we're eight games into the season. We're halfway through the we're nine games into the season. We're halfway through more than halfway through the, the year. The personnel is what it is. And we and we might all want, you know, a different player at this position or at that position, but that's not going to happen till the off season. So we have to make the best of what we've got. Yeah. Look, the thing is, I'm not down because I think the Chargers were a bad team. The Chargers are a fantastic team. They've got fantastic players. They've got unbelievable weapons. And this is not going to be their, you know, their last win of the season. They will certainly get scalps along the way. But, you know, when we look back at the Chiefs and we're getting slagged off about, you know, Matt Moore doing a job on our defense, 
Um, Matt Moore came out again, defeated the Bears. He looked good. You know, certainly not sort of a, a, a bargain basement backup. Uh, he's a very serviceable backup. And they've got un- unbelievable weapons there as well. So look, this stuff can be can be mended. I'm not convinced that if it's a bad attitude on defense that it can be fixed by people having a good attitude. But the thing is, our noses are bloodied. If we stick together, put some nice schemes together, uh, come down with some more explosive plays as you know we've tended to do. And also our offense get back on track. Um, I think... You know, we can get this thing rolling again. It's you know because it does seem a bit doom and gloom out there, especially on social media. Well, yeah, and I, and I think the thing is, Steve, I think that it's it's a complete jolt from the blue for lots of for lots of us. Um, you know, there's lots of fans out there. You know, this Packers team is the you know was the greatest Packers team since I don't know when, and I think that most people could kind of understand a defeat by a last second field goal or that kind of, that happens mm. i just don't think too many people saw what in essence was yeah it doesn't look like it now on the scoreboard but what was in essence a blowout yeah i don't think anybody saw that coming or very few people will admit that they saw that saw that coming and i think that's what's kind of really given a a jolt to <laughs> to all of us yeah, um, and again, I know on the podcast last week I lost a run of myself. You said it was going to be a tight game. I said, nah, they're going to score two touchdowns. It's going to be great. But to redeem myself, I was on the radio on Saturday and I had to get me to do this this accumulator for betting. And uh, I put the Packers in there. I think it's the first week I put the Packers in. And I said, the Packers play the Chargers, but I said, there's a massive asterisk on that one. And both put that in bold red because that is certainly not a guaranteed win by any stretch. And I proved it right. So there you go. And lots of people probably lost loads of money and they're going to lose their house to the bank manager and they're going to be out on the streets. So don't gamble. Um, so yeah, look, uh, speaking of cash, this is a nice segue. If you want to support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com forward slash UK Packers and get a free t-shirt after six months if you get onto the Fiverr tier. And if you're on the Fiverr tier and we get 20 plus people on that tier, well then we're going to start running uh, monthly razzes for signed merchandise, signed picks and all the rest. So that's a pretty exciting stuff. But Pete, I think we'll leave it there. I don't think there's anything else that we can say. It's not all doom and gloom. We've done fantastic to this point. I'm not a believer and I don't know if you are in, oh well, you know, we're seven and two. We never thought we'd get here. So we might as well, just, you know, the thing is, is that we've had opportunities against the Eagles. This was a very bad performance against the Chargers. I don't think you can just will it away. You know, you wouldn't accept if your kid came home um, and, a, you know, punched some kid in class and go, well, he's he's a pretty good kid, you know, 364 days of the year, so just let him punch the odd kid from time to time. Um, it was a bad performance. It's alarming. The attitude is an issue. Uh, the amount that we give up on defense is an issue. Uh, offense again not entirely worried about we have our best weapon a wide receiver back we didn't get into rhythm penalties killed us i think we'll fix up that discipline going forward and it's not going to be such a grisly game and there was a blocked punt which gave them good field position they ended up running it in for a field goal they also ran in the field goal pete when tony brown committed the penalty it was half the distance to the goal and again i think it was gordon reckler just waltzed into the end zone so again like these are anomalies and they don't happen all the time the game should be closer than this we're better than this as you said at the very top of the podcast was very well put you're never as good as your best performance you're never as bad as your worst performance this was rock bottom so we're never we're not going to be as bad as this going forward so look green shoots happy days put on bob marley or whatever that song is it says don't worry about a thing it's fine <laughs> anyway peace that's us for this week um <laughs> i thought you'd dive in with some words of encouragement but i think we're all gassed um just like the packers defense we've given up 400 yards say, in this is, podcast. Is, is, isn't it no no gas all f-
effing break. I don't know what it was yet. What it was yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I'll break no effing gas this time around. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. and that, that's fundamental. Actually, that's weird. This is the only time I've ever had to bleep uh, Peter out, and it's fine because there's a quote from Matt Lafleur. Uh, so from myself at NFL, from Peter at IT Hedgehog, from the group at UK Packers. Make sure you follow us on Facebook and Instagram, and get into that private group on Facebook. But only if you're a Packers fan. Um, so that's it. Till quick snaps. Talk to you. Quick snaps. Get out of Pete. I'm doing it, Steve. <laughs> Me and Peter be doing it together on Thursday. Later.